everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. And we have been doing the show for six years. But we just recorded all of our intro, about six minutes of funny banter and announcements. And I did not press record. We started again. Katie did not press record the second time. Third time's a charm. Yeah. All charm. Third time's all charm episode. All All charm all the time. So our announcement's really quick, since I'm not going to do them as long as I did them the first time. You're not. That just went out into the ether, and no one ever heard that except for Katie. So new bingo cards on our website. Thank you, August, for putting them up. Thank you. Go check out our website. We have like fun stuff, like Hitman spreadsheet, lots of fun stuff. But new bingo cards, really excited. They took me a long time. Go check them out, please. Yes, please go check them out. So second, we're going to CrimeCon at the end of September. I know it's in Florida, but it's going to be inside. And I'm going to be wearing that non-sweat stuff. And maybe my contacts and my glasses don't fog up. I don't think it's going to be that hot. Contacts. And it's in Orlando, of which there's lots of stuff to do. Yeah, that's true. Lots of stuff. We're going, use our code DATE Mm -hmm. if you want to get 10% off your ticket. Also, please know that people go by themselves all the time and it is people are always nervous to go by themselves it's actually an amazing place to go by themselves because there are so many meetups and yeah you can can join facebook groups ahead of time so you can make friends and meet them there or you can just go and meet people you could be sitting next to someone at a chat or in a group and you will make friends because it's all you all have the same interests so you could meet someone and then later have them in your wedding. It's that kind 1, of place to make friends. Percent. It's a little bit like a camp environment. So, yeah. which is odd seeing it's about true crime. Well, no, I mean, no, it doesn't make total sense to me. Any sort of convention. Yeah. Convention friends. And then the last thing is for our Patreons and Supercasters, our monthly live stream is this coming Sunday, the 25th. And we are doing the second half of D.B. Cooper. Katie's going to solve it. I'm so excited. We're going to solve it. We're going to solve it. This Netflix show, I think, is really well done. It's super entertaining. And I'm excited to do the last two episodes. And join. you can join now for 10 bucks, And you can get all of our back live streams. And they're unedited, unfiltered. Katie cuts stuff out for the audio version. I sure do. There might be some inappropriate things that I say that she later cuts out. The only thing that's in the audio version is the songs. Those can't be in the live version, but they are in the edited version. But other than that, you're getting like a good 10 to 20 minutes of content cut. Mm -hmm. Cut. Cutting room floor. Cutting Never room to be seen floor. Again. And also the chat is the funniest. It piece. is very funny. Every one of these people in the chat are so funny. They should have a podcast. True. So this episode that we're doing is called Over the Edge. And Dateline had said that it was preempted some places for ice skating. So some places I think had ice skating and some places had repeats. And we had Pamela Smart, at least in LA. So I'm not sure what everybody had across the nations. Unsure. Unsure. I had nothing loaded into Peacock. Yeah, so, so I, I think that happens when it's a repeat sometimes. But my DVR recorded Pamela Smart. So and Kimberly won't talk about Pamela Smart anymore, so we couldn't do it. I can't do it again. Wow. Apparently friend. there's a new documentary. There is. So this is Over the Edge. Honestly, great title. No notes. I love the title. I think it's perfect. Yeah. I didn't really come up with any titles because I thought I, it was so good. Fully ignored it when I was scrolling through things when you said it was repeats. Mm-hmm. When I saw this one, acknowledged it, went past it, and was like, I'm sure we've done it. We've done everything about people going off cliffs. Well, we've technically only done one where Andrea was 
hanging off the side of a cliff. No, we had to have done two. We've seriously only done one? Yeah. Harold, what's his name? I think that was his name. And then there's also an ID show, I think, about it as well. Wow. Okay. Well, here we and go. she was an eye doctor. And mm-hmm. yeah. And he was so, a monster? Yeah. So remember he had planned with her staff that surprise yes. trip away? Oh, yes. And she didn't know. And she showed up thinking she was going to an appointment. And it was, yeah. That's bad. This is season 19, episode 86, which is insane that Daylan is so many episodes. I don't know how this is possible. Do they know there's only 52 weeks? I don't think they know. So August 12th, 2011, quite old, hosted by Chris Jansing. Who? Who's that? Who are you? I'm sorry. I know you're a respected reporter because I Googled you and you anchor Chris Jansing reports on MSNBC. But- so good for you, How long lady. was Chris Jansing on Dateline? Maybe once, maybe five times. I don't know. These old episodes, it's hard to tell. Is this drama? Were they trying out Chris Jansing and went with Andrea Canning? No, because I think she's always been in the NBC field. And Andrea has not been on the show since 2011, I don't think. So. Interesting. I think this was just a. Yeah. When they did other things that weren't always murder, maybe still. Mm-hmm. This is sort of the beginning of the all murder all the time. Mm-hmm. So the trying things out. She's fine. I have no problem with Chris. But it is a little jarring when it's not one of my four or Craig Melvin or Natalie Morales. I get very confused. Mm. So we start with every couple has it, a shared song, a favorite movie, or maybe a special place. And the music is very You've Got Mail-esque. Like Meg Ryan walking through Central Park-ish. I wrote funky piano music. <laughs> it, I, at first I thought it was The Entertainer. I thought, it's a little like that, right? Yeah. It's almost to me, that is tonk Meg Ryan walking her groceries back through Central Park. Yeah, it definitely could be. Stephen Schwartz. See, Stephen Scharf. Scharf. Stephen Scharf. And I actually know a guy whose last name is Scharf. Sorry, were you thinking of Schwartz because of Scandaval? Yeah. Okay. No, Stephen Schwartz is a musician, composer, music theater guy. So And Tom Schwartz is a yeah. accomplice. <laughs> accomplice. <laughs> Complicit. <laughs> so Stephen Scharf says this place was it for him and his wife, Jody. It's two rocks on this cliff in New Jersey with a view of the George Washington Bridge. And it forms a love seat, kind of, if you sit against the... It scared the bejesus out of me. I don't like heights. I could not even... And they keep doing this overhead shot looking down. So Same. dizzy. Couldn't. Some of the footage in this, I know when my hands start to get sweaty. Yeah. And it was like, oh... Oh, this isn't, you got to stop this because mm-hmm. they're doing right up to the edge and then over and I can't look at it. I don't yeah. like it. I hate it. It always makes me think of The Amazing Race and could I jump <laughs> if it was a million dollars? We've talked about this. That is immediately this. what I think about and I think I couldn't do it. I still couldn't do it. So No. Also, did the rocks look a little slippy? It looked like yes. if those rocks got wet. They look like the sleet rocks, yes. those black ones, the slate. Yes. Yeah. That's No. So Stephen says they brought a hibachi, Did but he the subtitles said say a bachi. This is why we're friends, because yeah. I also caught the hibachi bachi 
So I Googled Problem. bocce because I thought it was like bocce ball, bocce but that's ball. spelled completely different. That's exactly so what I wrote. Bocce B-A-C-H-I ball. are wooden sticks used on Japanese drums. I don't think that's what they he de- brought. absolutely did not bring And bocce. I don't think they brought bocce balls. So they there. brought a hibachi. So I think they brought some sort of mini portable hibachi grill. grill. Why don't they just say they brought a little grill? He brought a there he's very cultured. So a, and a couple lawn chairs and a cooler. What are you cooking on the grill? On the hibachi grill. Skewers. Oh. Skewers. They're making them at home and they're bringing them and they're sizzling them up. That'd be Gosh, great. People put in so much effort when they go camping. I don't understand it. I'm eating SpaghettiOs out of a can just like I am at my house. This isn't camping. That was though. my dinner last night. No, they're not camping though. It's date night. So yes, they would put in effort of a skewer. But they're also going to the city later to go to a comedy show. The, so it just seems like a lot of work and there would be cleanup after. You can also buy pre-done skewers. At the market. So you go to the market, get yeah, the pre-done Yeah, I guess it's skewers. the grilling, though, that concerns me. Do you have to have coal or something? Yeah, like briquettes. Yeah. Are you bringing charcoal and then what you're putting? It is a lot of unloading the car and loading the car back up. I think you and I might be, I'm not going to say we're lazy, but we're lazy. Pretty much I would not do that. Yeah. No, PB&J no, sandwiches. That. Also, I've never just done that because I don't even own a stove because anytime I've tried car camping here, you're not allowed to cook outside anywhere in, within like five hours of LA. So because of oh, fire. Oh yeah, because of fire. So yeah. That makes so, that tracks. Yeah. So they brought ch- lawn chairs, a cooler, and she would bring work from grad school because I guess she went back to grad school. They had been coming to this spot since they were newlyweds. They met in the 70s. He was a bookworm in the army. He loved the Civil War and she taught history, a meeting of the minds and then the heart. And we're seeing footage of Civil War reenactors, but I'm not sure if he was a reenactor. We're not getting specifically told that. But if not, the B-roll was misleading because it made me think he was a reenactor. They said specifically Stephen loved the Civil War. Right. Which means... And it's like they obviously can't find actual footage of the Civil War, but they could have put up some drawings or something. Oh, sure. You know, but instead they showed... Yeah. Right. But instead they showed... Civil War reenactors. So I'm thinking 70% chance he was. I think At so one too. point or another, he has done Civil War reenactment. Yeah. And I love that. So they had a son. Life was good. Did lots of pictures of them loving, loving marriage. They went on date nights and put in the work, apparently. This is all the, it's so different from the stuff we're hearing later in the episode. Yeah. They put in the work. They went on date nights. And on this Sunday, 1992, they had this date night. And they were driving to Manhattan to go to a comedy club. So fun. What a fun couple. Yeah. They made a detour to their spot. See, it doesn't sound like a detour if you have kebabs and a hibachi grill. That sounds like a... That's not a detour. That's well, a kebabs planned I made up, but activity. Is it possible they did just have the Japanese drumsticks? <laughs> that makes the most sense. It makes way more sense than the grill or the bocce balls. They're not like Japanese walking sticks? like to, No, they're to... for drums. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So if anyone really has insight on this, maybe there's, a, maybe there's another show I should have watched. I think there's an Oxygen show about this case. I should have I'm, watched just for the hibachi. I'm just so pleased that you noticed because it I- It bothered I, me tremendously. So immediately. 
they go to this Rockefeller lookout. And first they drive up and they, so I guess you don't hike up, you kind of drive up and park. And they sat in the car sharing a wine cooler, which I was a little concerned about because some one of them is driving. So I don't approve of that, Stephen. Mm, okay. Then they take a narrow path to the rocks. They sit on the rocks and he's sitting behind her. She's in front and his arms are around her, kind of like bobsledders, I'm imagining. Yeah, like a sitting spoon. Yeah. So he stood up to get wine and a blanket from the car. And she stood up too, stumbled forward, fell off a cliff. And he got down on his stomach and started yelling for Jody. No response. Sorry, how dark is it at this point? I think it's... Dusk? They're watching the sunset. Yeah. Okay. So he flags down a driver and the driver drives to the police station and says, there's a guy there. He says his wife fell over a cliff. Our cop has cop mustache and spiky hair. He has spiky hair, kind of like Ken. Remember the infamous Ken? Yes. Our Twitter profile for location still says hiding in Ken's hair. I've never changed it. Nor should you. Just leave it. So... Walter Siri is the cop. And then we also meet Michael Chiaffi. Michael Chiaffi. Chiaffi. Who has a New York accent. Yes, he does. He is like a fire department rescue climber guy. So he probably has great stories. He probably has really sad stories. Yeah. Harrowing. Harrowing. But he's probably done some cool things. He's probably done some stuff. He would jump off a cliff for two dollars so he lowers himself off the cliff and he gets down to a ledge which is 10 feet below where he sees jody's purse and two credit cards okay so she not only got up from where she was sitting she got up with her purse she why did she even have her purse there oh i guess maybe there was things in it she needed i don't know so the purse fell but it landed on this cliff below this ledge but there's nothing to indicate, he goes, there's nothing to indicate her body hit that ledge. No blood, no hair, no clothing, no fibers, no skin. Hot dog, you want a hot dog? Hot dog, Anybody you want, want a hot, hot dog? dog? Hot Anybody dog. want a hot dog? You want a hot dog? You want a hot dog? You want a hot dog? One of our listeners wrote and said she says that to her son on all the time. It's become hot dog, a, hot dog. a thing in her house. Did so, you see the video? Did I send it uh, to yes, you? Yes, you sent me the original okay, video. Yeah, It's important. So that's on Super Nanny, in case you're wondering. It's an effective <laughs> method to get your children to calm down. Hot dog, hot dog, you want a hot dog? Why are you having a tantrum? You want a hot dog instead? So <laughs> Siri takes Stephen to police headquarters, and Michael Chiaffi is still in rescue mode. He makes it all the way to the bottom of the cliff, and Jody's not there. So he thinks this must be a hoax. That's his first thought. My first thought, no joke, would be alien abduction. No. The body is missing. Where's the body? Aliens. This okay. is Unsolved Mysteries. I don't know if I were to think alien abduction. Yeti. Sasquatch. Sassy Squatch. Yeah, there's a Squatch. It could definitely be a Squatch. It could also... No, my thought is, what is the terrain? Could she have rolled? Mm. And also, my second thought was, okay, well, she catapulted. Like, she mm-hmm. hit something and mm-hmm. moved. Mm-hmm. So what's the, they're not giving us any sort of radius that they're searching in here at all. They give us no, no, like we what did. What I need is a scientist, mathematician, yeah, ge- I, geometric, who's, who studies angles, ge- just geometry professor. Sure. Who could teach us about angles 
and catapulting Advanced geometry and weights and falling and things like that. Yeah, we do. We need something like that because there's that would be my thought is that because it, was, it becomes in contention very much later. I don't understand the purse. The purse really threw me. That, there's another item ledge. that's going to throw me in a second that I just have a lot of questions about and we don't get answers for. So, oh, I don't know what it is. I can't okay. wait to hear. Yeah. So he thinks it must be a hoax. But finally, about 30 feet away, he sees Jody's body next to a tree covered in blood. How so, far is 30 feet? 30 That's feet far. is very far. If you're a normal story of a house is 10 feet. So that's three stories. That's, that's pretty far. far. But it was a far way to fall. So maybe a really good catapult. But would- you're not jumping. So if you're just falling, Supposedly, it feels like you're, you're falling, falling straight down and you'd be clamoring to not fall. Right. Correct? Well, if you didn't get a good grip right away, it just might be too late. So we find her body 30 feet. Okay. And so it clearly sl- she slammed into that tree. That's Chiaffi's way of stating it. So her body found Her body leaning, slammed into that tree. It's leaning against a tree, right? It's... They say Next to a tree. Okay. Cover, and the tree has blood all over it. And she's covered in blood. They don't describe her footwear at all, which makes me crazy. Mm. Did it her is shoes really important. Come off. Well, no. Is she in a wedge? She's going <laughs> to a comedy club in the city. Right. But, like, but wedges, they also were walking down If this you're on path. unsteady things, you'd wear not a heel, but a wedge because you want a little bit of a heel. But if you... Like anything unstable on your ankle, yeah, you're going over the cliff on was a this, heel like that. Again, that brings us back to was this a planned detour or not? Because if it was a planned detour, she could have brought tennis or hiking sandals or something. But if it wasn't a planned detour, she would might be wearing those shoes. Okay, so then that brings but us back to the But I would probably take the them back. I would take them off if I was sitting like I was in a toboggan or bobsled on the cliff, I might take off my shoes if they were sandaly kind of wedges. How far did they walk to get to this little cliff? That's hard to say. It's a little path. It seems like it's not very far. No, I don't think it's that far. It's a narrow path. Okay, interesting. So he starts to move the body and he smells alcohol on her. Hmm. An officer at the station, meanwhile, tells Stephen Jody didn't make it. And he says he was in shock and denial, and he has to tell their son, who is only 10 years old. And it's very, very sad. But the rescuer, Chiafi, is concerned. He says, why wasn't part of her on that ledge with her purse? Or why was her purse not down there with her? He says part of her, like a piece of, like a limb or something. It, w- I died. What is going on with it's him? It's like Dennis would say. He's very blunt. Is this I, the only ledge around? It's the one that's straight down 10 feet, right over. That's like right really, straight over. Really good question. But the thing is, and I'm not a scientist, but I believe objects fall differently given their size and weight. And I think we learned in our the egg drop experiment in school that if there's no air resistance with gravity makes the feather and a brick fall the same but in normal situations there's air resistance so a purse and a body would fall differently right 
egg drop. Sorry, egg drop. Egg drop. We didn't do. We couldn't afford that in my school. I don't um, know if we did it either, but I just I've seen it on it TV, TV shows. Yeah, it's been in every TV show. Like, yeah, I just saw it on Abbott Elementary. I was gonna say Malcolm in the Middle. I'm yeah. sure Goldberg's. Yeah, everyone's yeah. doing the egg drop. Wonder mm-hmm. Years. Yeah, so, but I don't think we actually did it because I think it's from older times. Maybe. I don't know if they did it when we were in school. I don't understand. I just, it feels weird to me. A body is heavy. Right. A body feels like it would go straight down. The thing is, if it hit the f- ledge. The ledge. Would there not be some sort of blood or hair on feels the ledge? Feels like there would be something. Something. Or on the side of the cliff. If she, there's nothing, there's no blood or hair on the side of the cliff. And why is her body 30 feet north? Unless there was some sort of catapulting oh my so goodness. Okay. the lieutenant was shocked that steven was willing to leave the cliffs and go to the station with him he says he just got in the car like he says this is mustache guy siri he says i wouldn't be pried away if my girlfriend or my wife was on the cliff and they were trying to find her this is before they had found her steven goes with them to the sheriff station he's maybe was in shock they said yeah. he was very emotionless and he Siri says he's seen people, he's delivered bad news before, and he's never seen someone act like this, even if they were in shock. So he says he asked for water from the water fountain, and the lieutenant sees him look over his shoulder at him and then starts splashing water on his face and rubbing his eyes to make it look like he was crying. This is how the lieutenant interprets it. How do you interpret it? I need to see it because I don't cannot imagine someone being that blunt, obvious in front of a lieutenant. But but also, I think people fake tears all the time on Dateline. So and Chris, the host, is like, you think he was faking tears, which is how, you know, she's not a regular Dateline host because yeah, it happens. Yeah. Mark down water fountain tears on your bingo cards. Do you think there's any chance that he was trying to sober up? Yeah, that's possible. Totally. Because that's the only other thing I Or can maybe think he had been crying and was wiping them. But I would do it in the sink in a bathroom, not in a water fountain. That's gross. It feels like you'd be a little more sneaky if you were actually trying to make them look like tears. You're not doing it in a public, in a hallway in the police station with a water right. fountain. Right. Where I someone, don't know. Once you go to the bathroom. It's very strange. Yeah. So Chris points out that the host, Chris, points out that people handle tragedies differently and the police are paid to be skeptical. And maybe their view of Stephen was too jaundiced. What? I like that. SAT word, because I've never heard it used in that context. I had to look it up. It means affected by bitterness, resentment, or envy. Also, eat your citrus, folks. Also, my sister is a baby. Okay, let's go. Aww. (laughs) Uh, So... Jody's death was ruled undetermined by the medical examiner, which always causes problems. That's going to cause problems for decades to come. Mm-hmm. So enter detective James Lynham. He also has a mustache. He reads the police notes and he decides to dig into the case. He talks to friends and family and he learns that actually it wasn't a romantic date night on the cliffs. Surprise, surprise. They were talking about divorce on the cliff, which is a great place to talk about Mm-mm. divorce. Mm-mm. Then we meet this fabulous lady with honestly, next to Ken, some of the most memorable hair I've ever seen. And do you know who I'm marrying? Of course. There used to be a Dateline hair Instagram account, and they haven't posted for a very long time. Where'd you go, boo? I loved you. 
They would post the oh. best Dateline hair. And this, you're missing out. I scrolled through. You do not have Marion. It's shiny. It's full. It's so poofy. It is like a statement piece. And she is like, I'm a lady and I'm just doing it. It doesn't move. It doesn't move. But it's fluffy. It's not uh-huh. hard. It no. looks like if you touched it, it would be made of cotton candy. Yes. But it's it very feathered and fluffy. It's fascinating. And I want to know how long she's had that style. Does she still have that style today? How are you doing that style? You're going, how you're much going once a week you to go the to beauty the parlor. Oh, yeah. You get it set into this bouffante do. And then you sleep in a thing. And yeah. then you pick it out to where it was I think you sleep before. sitting up in a neck brace. Okay. Or you smush it in the back and then you have a little pick comb that oh, you go in uh-huh. and like fluff, refluff. Yeah. Spray. Wow. So Marion says Jody thought that Stephen was cheating. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Women were calling the house and hanging up. And she was very suspicious. So she had served him with divorce papers two weeks before the trip on the cliff. And she was planning to leave him and take their son. Okay. So Stephen, detective talks to Stephen and he admits it. He said, yeah, we were talking divorce, but we had talked about divorce so many times. And Chris says all throughout their tempestuous marriage. And I said, Chris, excuse me, you said it was all love and it was beautiful times and they made time for each other and the date nights. Remember the date nights and all those cute photos? You faked us out, lady. Mm -hmm. So then Stephen tells the detectives that he wasn't cheating, but they had an open marriage. We have a wolf pack situation here. Oh, I never know if that's real or not. It's easy to say if the other person's dead. Yeah, it really is. So he had been with 50 to 60 other women. So this is a swinging situation. Him. 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 Swingers. Him? Well, we saw pictures of back in the day. Okay. With the crop top. She was okay with it. She was fine with it. Because she was also swinging on a star. But they had recently decided to give up this free-loving lifestyle and recommit to each other. And that's what they were talking about on the cliffs. That's what he tells the police. Inside Stephen's car, they find wine, cheese, crackers. What? Did they not take them out? Why did they leave him in the car? I am so confused. In a bag. But also... No, he was going back to get it. Oh, right. He had left the cheese and crackers in the so car. So they were just sitting there for a while. And then he's like, you know what? Let me go get some snacks. That grosses me whatever. out. Beyond. I, cheese, I don't like being set out for even 10 minutes. Oh, I'm okay with that. It grosses me out. But there's also a hammer in the bag. <sighs> the detective says the red flags reached the top of the pole, which I loved. I'm going to be stealing that. But was there other stuff too? I think it was just the wine, the cheese, the crackers, and the hammer. That's so, what, but was there other random stuff? Because maybe. I don't know. I have a lot of weird stuff in my car. In a bag. And I know you do too. I do, combined in bags. Yeah. Because I will come in and put it in, it right. goes in another thing. So right. he, they think the hammer was plan A, but instead he just pushed her. So they don't think he used the hammer, but was maybe planning on using the hammer. So they think he was going back for the wine, cheese, and maybe the hammer. But then maybe he just pushed her instead. So he tells them, "Well, I had fixed a drawer in the kitchen, 
and then was taking that bag out to the car. So I put the hammer in the bag because the hammer needs to go back out to the garage. But instead, this makes perfect sense to that me. That totally tracks. Thank I have you. done that. I yeah, have found my times. my TV remote yep. in my purse because yep. I was taking it to another place and it just or something fell into it, like yeah. sunglasses in a cereal box, because that's what happens because you're it taking happens. it out to your car. Yeah. So it makes sense. Then we meet this local policeman. Now, this was a pivotal moment. This local policeman, Ted. He says they're looking at Stephen's house. They want to see the drawer to see if it was recently fixed. They want to search the house for clues. So they assign a policeman to basically just sit and babysit Stephen while they're searching the house. So they're like chit-chatting. And the policeman says, oh, yeah, this, uh, you know, all about this. This is so sad. This happened to Jody. And Stephen says, you don't believe me. And the policeman says, I believe an accident occurred. And Stephen according to this policeman, put his head down and said no. So the local cop, it thinks he's just gotten a confession, runs to the other room and he's like, he just confessed, I got him to confess. And the detectives decide, oh, it's not a good time to re-interview Stephen. Okay, stop. What? Okay. So they don't re-talk to him after this cop runs in and says he just said it wasn't an accident. That happened at his house? At his house, when they're searching his house. Okay, this part feels like a lot of weirdness right here. And the detective knows he messed up because the three detectives slash cops slash rescuers are all sitting together outside with Chris talking all together. And he can, you can tell he knows that this was bad because he kind of is like, well, I just didn't think it was the right time to do. I didn't think anything good could be gotten from re-interviewing him. They're very vague. Yeah. It's incredibly vague that it's like, yeah, we got this thing. And then it comes out in a second. They had been talking to him for hours. Yeah, but then they were searching the house and then he had just confessed to this other cop, maybe, or at least that's how the cop interpreted it. And so maybe he would have confessed to you. Pull out your tape recorder. Talk to him again. Did he also say, no, dot, 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 you're just not going to believe anything I have to say. Right, right, right. I feel like... It's easy to walk out of. That's why you need to talk to him again right now and see if he will elaborate while he's in the mood to talk and you record it. I don't think this qualifies anywhere close to a confession, I gotta say. Of course not, which is why they have to talk to him again. But why can't they? No, they could. He just said we didn't think there was anything that could be gained from talking to him anymore that night. I think they got that no and didn't want anything else. Because they thought it was a confession? Yes, they got but they to didn't the get no. it on tape. It's like they thought that was enough and didn't want any more extraneous well, stuff. Well, that's like once dumb. they had the... Com- you need witnesses. You need a recording of the confession. You need... Well, this is why that's so messy. It's so messy. So they thought we're going to get some solid evidence. So we don't even need this confession. But they don't get any more solid evidence. And... They could have gotten a confession. I can't. I don't understand. I don't either. I don't either. Not that I think he was actually confessing. I think it very easily could have been a, no, you don't believe me. That's what the shaking of the head no was. Yes. No, you don't believe me. Like, did he say like, no or did he just shake he said his head no. no? He said no and shook his head. And no, he lowered his head and sh- said no. 
I bet he lowered his head, shook his head, and said, no, this isn't right. Something. I mean, I guarantee you there was something else there. I... Maybe there wasn't, but or I don't maybe know. he just really liked this cop and had bonded with him and just like was sick of lying. But then he, yeah, I, that's why you gotta get in there right at that moment and get the confession on tape before they why change is their none minds. None of this recorded. I know. So okay. since this was undetermined manner of death, anyways, right. and they haven't gotten any new evidence, and they just let it go, and he maybe confessed, they have to move on. So literally fourteen years go by. Wow. Yeah. He marries a woman named Tina. He doesn't remarry for 14 years. He doesn't remarry the next year. He doesn't remarry in three months. 14 years later. Yeah, there's no shame in that. No, but this man who is up with 50 to 60, so he's kind of being painted as someone who may have had several women going on the side. We don't know how many he was sleeping with. What? We don't know how many he was sleeping with after she died. No, we don't. But he is being painted in that light of like he was ready to be with another woman. Like right. he was ready to. But I don't know if he was ready to marry another woman. Maybe not. He I don't know. It just seems I was surprised to... when they said 14 years. Yeah, was it was like, a long time. Oh, oh, that's but quite a long time. Tina thinks he's a great guy. She thinks they are like two puzzle pieces that fit together. I don't like when people say that. It grosses me out. I don't why? know why. You don't want don't... your puzzles tainted. I love my puzzles, and I don't want them ruined by Understood. So, Although Tina does seem lovely. She does. So then there's a new prosecutor in town looking at cold cases. And this prosecutor has a very famous, world-famous forensic psychologist. Fa- Time. Why yeah. don't we get this prosecutor's name? I don't know. So they have... Why does the, he choose to remain anonymous? I don't it was know. suspicious that he cho- chose to remain anonymous to me. That's all. He has a world-famous forensic pathologist in his camp, someone who I had never heard of, but a lot of people on Twitter had, Dr. Michael Baden. Mm -hmm. And I think he's like the Cyril Wecht or Werner Spitz or Henry Henry Lee. Lee. Mm -hmm. I think he is of that caliber. He is in that camp. But I have just not seen him on a dateline before or I don't recall. The other three guys are on like every other dateline. So there's a photo. We do see this photo of him dramatically leaning on what maybe is a metal autopsy table in front of evidence lockers or chambers in a morgue where you pull it out. It's a body drawer. You are just taking all my B-roll. Yes. What is this photo? It's an There's two. First, he's wearing a suit and the lighting, it's like he's the host of Deal or No Deal. It's but the black show, yeah, like but he's like Howie Mandel, but the show is called Dead or Not Dead or something. They're, that's very good. They're incredibly professional. What I think they are is book photos. That you know, the sense. photos that yes. authors take to be inside their book. The, mm-hmm. These are what these look like. So then the second one, do you want to explain the second one? What, the autopsy photo? Yeah, because the first one, he's wearing a suit. The first and one, he's in a suit, so it's business is, time. The table is empty as of now, the autopsy table. And this is working time, and he's in. he's got his arms out stretched on the table like he's almost leaning on the autopsy. More like I'm in control of this A businessman at a yeah. business meeting. Except that he's in scrubs. 
in the second one, he's in scrubs. And then in the first one, he's, he's in, but isn't he in suits. the same pose in both? Yes. But yeah. in the second one, he's wearing scrubs and there's a dead body on the autopsy table. So if it is book cover, I could see one being the front, front and, back. and one being yeah, the back. Very, very good. That's it. You're right. Because the he is on a metal table in the first one. I thought it might be just like a desk, but it is a... I think it's the same setup. It's just lit slightly differently. And it's a full-on autopsy room. And he is... You're totally right. No, I think you're right about the book thing. I think it's front cover, front back, back cover. Mm-hmm. Or it was some... Business in the front, autopsy in the back. There you go. Or a sub sort of... Do you have titles? No. You should write that down. I know. It could be <laughs> just sort of some sort of spread for New York Magazine. Something like that. Time Magazine. Mm-hmm. something where they're doing mm. a professional photo shoot and we're getting yeah. those shots side by side. Yeah. So it's definitely something fancy because the quality of the photo is not mm-hmm. normal. It's, and you know Henry Lee was watching the episode being like, call my agent. 100%. He looks very cool. He is. It's He's the king of cool autopsy photos. The only thing that'd be cooler is if he had good R sunglasses in that autopsy Ooh. room. You know they have bright fluorescent lights that make it hard to see. Make it a little cooler with some and, good R sunglasses. And good R has bright fluorescent sunglasses to match. Mm-hmm. Good R makes $25 active sunglasses that don't slip, don't bounce, are 100% polarized. I got them because I've been going hiking a lot, although they're also good if you're lazy on the couch. But if you like run or what, what running, whatever that thing is, I don't do that. Biking, I don't do that either. Whatever. But I do hike and I get sweaty. These don't slip down on your face. And yeah. they're so light and so comfortable, but they also feel sturdy and not cheap, even though they're so reasonably priced. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of magic. My favorite part is they're so stinking cute. The yes. brightest funnest colors yeah i got the electric dinotopia carnival or carnival oh i love that and but i think next i'm already planning my next ones i want the flamingos on a booze cruise or i can see queerly now for the pride they have these pride collection ones that are so cute and because they're so reasonably priced you can get one for your car one for your purse one for the autopsy room you know like you just lose sunglasses or you have five it's yeah. never one or it's never like one where you need it. It's either five or zero. And they're all like, I'll have one in my bag, 13 in my bag yep. or none in my car. So this is perfect. No more crying because you lost your $100 pair in the ocean like Kim Kardashian with those earrings. People are dying, Kim. It's not like that. For $100, you could get four of these. You could get one for the whole family. Actually, that'd be a really cute Christmas card. Christmas in July photos and you're at the beach with matching sunnies that'd be so cute also good r offers a one-year warranty 30-day free returns 100 satisfaction and 100 carbon neutral company amazing Amazing. if you want to support a date with dateline and pick up a pair of the coolest sunglasses or two or five Right. Good R is giving a date with Dateline listeners free shipping on your first order. Woo. Also, maybe I'll post a photo of myself in mine because I love them so much. They're oh, so I will too. Yay. Yeah. You can go to goodr.com slash date dateline and use code date dateline to get free shipping. 
Good R offers a 30-day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at goodr.com slash date dateline. Use code date dateline to get free shipping. Send us pictures of you in your sunnies because it's summertime and I want to see you all shine your colors bright. Thank you, Good R. Thank We're so you, good excited. R. Katie, while we're talking about thriving this summer, yes. looking good at the beach, what can we all do to thrive and not be sweaty messes? Oh, boy. Thrive Cosmetics is my one and only go-to for warm weather makeup. It just helps me look my best on hot days, and it helps me look my best when being blasted with AC in the bank or the doctor's office. I don't understand why places that are necessary business crank it so high. So mm. you're hot and you're sweating and you come in and then you're freezing. And it throws your face all out of whack. It throws my face all out of whack, the mm -mm. temperature change. Thrive has taken the trophy when it comes to easy-to-use products that do exactly what they're supposed to do and stay exactly where you want them to stay on your face. And that stay puttedness is why I am in love with my Infinity Waterproof Eyeliner from Thrive. Yes. It is waterproof and smudge-proof all day wear with really intense pigmentation that you can put on in one smooth swipe, not... I hate that. Yeah, it's the worst. They also have a built-in sharpener, which I love because I like a really small point mm -hmm. for creating really extra fine lines. And they have this, I don't know what their little smudger tip on the back of it is because I've never, I've seen them before, mm -hmm. but I've never seen one like Thrive makes it. It's something about the angle of it. You can smoke it to the wing with this little angled tip that they have on the back. It's, can we put smoke it to the wing on some merch? Smoke it to the wing. It's my favorite thing. They have new bold shades and also all your classic neutral shades that complement every eye color and skin tone. Of course, a fantastic black eyeliner is an absolute must-have, but the one that I've been carrying around this summer in my makeup bag is Ella is the name, and it's a matte chocolate brown because in the summer, I like something a little bit softer than a black. Again, oh, yeah. smoke mm -hmm. that brown wing. Yeah. So I put the brown in my waterline and just smoke it on the top lash using that little rubber end. Voila, we're good to go. And remember, Thrive is certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, and all their beauty products are made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. No parabens, no sulfates, no phthalates. And they do this all without compromising performance. The Infinity Waterproof Eyeliner stays where you put it. Mm. Smoking it to the wing. <laughs> you know we here at A Date with Dateline love a company with a cause. And Thrive Cosmetics. Cause is in their name for a reason. As a part of their mission, every purchase you make supports organizations that help communities thrive, such as those battling domestic abuse, being unhoused, cancer, and more. So what are you waiting for? The sun is bright. You need to try Thrive Cosmetics and see the magic for yourself. And right now you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash date dateline. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash date dateline for 20% off your first order. This summer, go ahead and sweat or glimmer, shimmer, whatever you want to call it, away. But keep that runny eye makeup at bay with mm. Thrive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you looking <laughs> it up right now? Maybe. It's really good. All the colors are good. I'm going to buy the plum one next. 
Ooh, I love a plum. Yeah, thank plum you, Thrive, for helping you, us thrive. thrive and for being so loyal to our show. We really, really, really appreciate it. And we love having you as a sponsor because all your products, I've never tried a bad product from Thrive. Amazing. Not one. So back to sexy, cool autopsy room headshots. It's, no, it's powerful businessman that he does not want you to think sexy, cool. He looks like he's hosting the next season of The Apprentice. In control, Shark Tank autopsy room. Yes, Shark okay. Tank. Mm-hmm. Totally. He apparently is big, Michael Baden, and I can't believe I haven't heard of him because he investigated JFK's death. Yeah. He also testified in OJ's trial, and immediately I Googled, was he portrayed by someone famous in the Ryan Murphy show? Yeah, I'm going to have to go back to the people versus OJ Simpson. Yeah, I Googled it, and apparently he wasn't played by anybody. So, oh, maybe not. Okay. I think they had so many people testifying that maybe. Sorry, did he testify for the prosecution? I think so, yeah. No, I'm sure he testified for the. Well, maybe not. Maybe maybe he was the one for the prosecution, and so we didn't get him. Interesting. I could be wrong. Someone let me know if he was played by like Matt Damon in disguise or something. Okay. So he was going to turn up the heat on a very cold case. And then that's when we're seeing that second cool autopsy photo. It's so cool. So in 2008, which has now been quite a bit of time, he decides that it wasn't an accident and it was definitely a push. So police arrest Stephen. It's been almost two decades when they go to trial in 2011. So he's been out. He's married to Tina. And the prosecutor starts the trial so hot He comes in at 15. He's like, if he had lied, then he is guilty. Stephen Scharf, and he goes behind his chair, is not guilty. No, that's the the defense guy. They both scream. Oh, darn it. I think the prosecutor did it first, and then the defense guy felt like he had to match his energy. Oh, that's totally what happened. That's and absolutely so what happened. He starts screaming, he is not guilty. He's like totally Oprah giving away a voice car. And then screaming, yeah. like no. shaking the chair. The yeah. weirdest thing is that Stephen Scharf is sitting in the chair at the time and has no reaction. Like he no totally reaction. knows it's coming. And, and I'm he's like, putting Are you his awake? hand on his shoulder. Like I said, I will touch yeah. this man. That's uh-huh. how not scared I am of this man because yeah. he is not a murderer. But the, the prosecutor is like, he, if he has lied, then he, so it's just, they're both, they're just screaming. So the prosecutor, they say, okay, first of all, there wasn't blood on the cliff and so it and the ledge. So that doesn't make sense. He wasn't emotional. The thing with the water fountain tears. He confessed to that cop. Dr. Michael Botton takes the stand and he says her body landed 50 feet, 50 feet out from the cliff and 30 feet north. How? That's so far. I mean, a catapult, but that seems like a, but even a push doesn't, even if he pushed her 50 feet, how far can you push someone? Lifted her up and and threw threw as hard as he could. Like a javelin toss. It would not, or whatever that ball is you throw at the Olympics. The weighted ball. Yeah, I have no idea (laughs) how how that happened. How 50 feet, was there like, even winds couldn't make a body. A body is heavy. Winds can't make it travel Physics needs to call us. 
We need physics this time. Forget science. We yeah. need actual physics. physics. Will you call Physicists, us? can you yeah. call and explain this? What is that ball right. called? A shot put. Is that what it's called? Shot put. There we go. Yep, that's what um, you're talking about. So I just don't, yeah, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. So the, he says that, doc, that Michael, Dr. Michael Botton says he, she must have been propelled forward, thrown or pushed. He also says something else very important. He says, so therefore I would believe that this should be ruled a homicide. <laughs> and at that point, my brain exploded. Happy pride. Is this one of those things like the Rihanna Rihanna <laughs> Adidas Adidas phenomenon yeah. that it is actually pronounced homicide? No, it couldn't be. That's impossible. Homo sapien. So homicide makes sense. I just want to leave this here for everybody. Don't yell at me. I, he might be right. We might have to just start pronouncing it homocide. Well, it's not pronounced the same. It's there's no O though. It's home home I side. Is it? It's home I side. It's not spelled the same as like Homo sapien. I mean, it so depends. So he's pronouncing but, it like a well, a no, crazy it's, person. I don't know if the second O would affect the way the first O is pronounced. The first O there the is first, no second O. It's right. homicide, but. Maybe that first hom should be home, like homicide. the word home. But it's still not homosexual. It's still homicide. It would be homicide, not homi. So instead of ha, like in the ah sound, it would be ho as in homo sapien. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's pronounced homicide. I'm going to start saying it like that. Homicide? Yeah. Like gonna, you're in a home? I'm going to call Like the home was killed? Mank and tell him he's been saying it wrong. But it's definitely not homocide. No. <laughs> Sir. So another expert who, if you think it's a second expert, but then you find out it's actually the original medical examiner, the one who said undetermined. She says that the head and chest injuries weren't from a fall. And now that she's had a second look and it's been 18 years or whatever, she thinks Jody would have had broken bones from the fall and bruises on her back from tumbling and hitting rocks and things like that. That makes sense. And she doesn't. So she so doesn't- no broken bones? Right. Well, I'm sure there's some from hitting the tree, but not from- Well, how do you know that? How would she know that there's just some from hitting the tree and I'm not, not some- I'm not a scientist. I don't know. Science. Okay. So she now thinks it's a homicide as well. And so she wants to change her thing to homicide. The motive, they say, was he didn't want to pay for a divorce. And Jody was worth half a million dollars in life insurance. And the life insurance was taken out only months before her death. That's bad. Ladies, if you are discussing divorce, if you are unhappy in your marriage, do not sign up for life insurance. That's bad. And also don't go for a hike to discuss divorce. Her friend with the hair, Marion, says so she was scared of Stephen, but she was going to go through the divorce no matter what. And then a shocking witness, son Jonathan, who is now grown up and a businessman, said his dad was angry and violent and abusive. He didn't think his dad killed his mom until the police arrest him and he starts to think and he ponders and then he kind of changes his mind and says, yeah, he was abusive. So he tells the police all this stuff, and I'm not going to go into it, but it doesn't sound good. Yeah. So on the last day of his mother's life, 
He says his mom said he didn't want to go out. She didn't want to go out with Stephen alone. And she said something like, why, if I wanted to go out with you, like on a date, I wouldn't be divorcing you. So why did she agree to go? I mean, he must have badgered her into it to go on this date on the hike in the comedy club. She didn't want to. It's sad. That's according to Jonathan, who is 10. And Marion said okay, she was didn't was scared of him, too. So then another shocker, one of Stephen's old girlfriends, one of the swinging gals, okay. Terry, she was dating him in the months before her death, Jody's death, because he was dating all these other women. And he had told her he wasn't married. Okay. okay. He said he was under a lot of stress and the stress would be over by the end of September. And two weeks after that, Jody died end of September. Mm. Marion said, here's the coup de grace, piece de resistance, as Dennis mm-hmm. would say. Marion says, Jody told her, if anything happens to me, you'll know it was him. Mark it off your bingo cards. That's the classic. Yeah. Of course, Stephen's new wife says Stephen is kind and considerate and didn't do it. <laughs> Stephen's lawyer with the fancy slicked back hair yells, Stephen is not guilty. It hurts my throat. Stephen Scharf is not guilty. Calm down, sir. Take a seat. You are screaming at us. Stephen's lawyer says, yeah, he might have been a not good husband, but he was not a killer. And he says this was like the Keystone Cops. They messed up everything. So why was he a not good husband? They're painting him as a not good husband. Maybe he was sleeping around, but they had this open marriage. She was okay with it. Then he's not a bad husband. If they have an arrangement to sleep with other people, then that doesn't make him a bad husband. You shouldn't say that. That's a bad thing to say, right? Yeah, it's not Hmm. good. He says it was like the Keystone Cops. They didn't photograph the body before they moved it. So all we have is Chiaffi's description of her body. That's not good. Not that I don't trust Chiaffi. But why don't we have pictures that there's no blood? Like actual forensics going in and Mm -hmm. checking this, you know. The The ledge with the purse. Right. So they didn't interview witnesses. They basically kicked everyone off the trail said this is you know a woman died go home instead of a woman died stay here we need to speak to all of you did anyone hear her fall was she was she screaming right yeah nothing and they didn't tape their interview with him and the detective says i don't it wasn't an interrogation so i don't know why we didn't do that i don't think they deal with a lot of murders there it seems like a very small town type. It's New Jersey. No, but it was a smaller place in New Jersey. That police station looked pretty quaint. Maybe? I don't know. I feel like they got <laughs> that undetermined ruling on the medical thing and kind of just... Just dropped it. Couldn't get him to confess and so just But all of it. those things happened before they got the medical examiner's ruling. The medical examiner's ruling usually takes at least a few days, if not weeks and they didn't photograph the body they didn't interview the witnesses they didn't tape their interview with him all that day i don't know what's going this is real. it feels like we're missing information yeah it feels like the guy with the mustache that i thought was so great because he has a mustache was not that great they all had mustaches yeah that's true it's all right so the lawyer says he never said it wasn't an accident. That whole no conversation where he dropped his head right. was was misinterpreted. 
I can buy that. Mm-hmm. They never found blood on the hammer. Well, they never said he used the hammer, though. That's not really a point. They said that he brought the hammer maybe to use. Right. But he didn't. The medical examiner, they call her a flip-flopper. And they say- Which is also the name of our new resort that's going to be the sandals competitor. Don't don't forget. Don't forget. I posted And the flip-flopper Did you see someone made us a logo that I posted on Instagram? It's also going to be- The flip-flopper is going to be one of the drinks at the Tiki Bar. 1,000% a drink. Yeah, the swim-up bar. Mm Mm-hmm. So they say Jody was drunk over the legal limit, 0.12. So she okay. just fell. It was a drunk slip and fall. Is and that they, drunk? Yeah, it's over the legal limit. But I mean, does, is that drunk? I don't know. I don't it's, know either. They said it's like four beers or four glasses of wine. Oh, four glasses of wine. It's pretty. But they had wine out there and then he went to go get another bottle of wine? Well, they shared a wine cooler or something in the car first. Um, okay. Interesting. So, yeah, it does seem strange that she was that drunk already. And so... Interesting. Interesting. They have a surprise forensic expert, Cyril Wecht, who I have heard of. Ladies and gentlemen, battle Except of the experts. I get Werner Spitz and him confused. It is Wecht legend versus Baden. Legend versus legend. Forensic guy who has cool photos like Deal or No Deal and Cyril Wecht. Forensic Smackdown. German? Question mark. They are head to head. It is Thunderdome. It's Thunder Forensic Dome. It's very exciting. So Cyril, not to be outdone by anybody, has investigated the deaths of Elvis. Anna Nicole Smith, Martin Luther King, and also JFK. So two JFKers. Is there a documentary somewhere where they both talk about their theories of JFK? Because I would like to watch that. Is Mank in it? Because Mank is obsessed with the JFK murder, and that's the one he wants solved. Would you like to do a special episode on JFK? With Mank? Yes. For sure. Okay, great. Okay. So Cyril says it was accidental, and he uses... A teddy bear to demonstrate, which Chris, the host in her voiceover, is very dismissive of the teddy bear. She does not think that's appropriate to use a teddy bear. Why doesn't he have a dummy, a woman? a doll? Because he's not really doing anything. He's just kind of holding it. Like, he's not actually dropping it from a height or anything in the courtroom. They don't, like, build a cliff or anything in the courtroom. It's It's also kind of a big bear. Yeah. It's It's kind of cumbersome. Whose bear is that? Yeah, so that's odd. She says she dropped down the jagged cliffs onto the rocks and catapulted out to that tree. It's okay, what are there said. jagged cliffs? Well, or maybe yeah, there but there has to be a point of contact where they where there was blood, but they just didn't investigate the cliff enough. There if she catapulted, she hit something first, so there would be blood or hair or something at that spot, I would think. What but, was she wearing? Yeah. Was she wearing wedges? No, but I mean, was she also in like a jacket because was it chilly at night at the end of September? I don't know. But is it something that maybe there wouldn't be blood on initial hit or something? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. If she's in like a A leather jacket jacket, or something. Right, or a leather jacket. That's okay. Was she wearing full leather head to toe? Biker gear. But he says she catapulted then 50 feet this way and 30 feet this way. That's a huge catapult. But again, it doesn't make sense to be thrown that far either. So none of it really makes sense. Unless the spot is different than the spot he said. Unless the spot that he said she fell from is not that spot. 
And I don't know why he would make up a different spot. Are there other spots that she could have fallen off of? Right. Okay. So Stephen never made a claim for that insurance money. Wow. He never filed for it. And it wasn't until years later when I guess that money gets turned over to the state because it's not claimed. And then he eventually collected it. But years later. That's big evidence. Wow. So maybe it wasn't about money. Five hundred thousand dollars. Well, just... it actually, I read an article that it was seven hundred and seventy because she had a, she had a three hundred thousand dollar policy, and it was doubled if it was an accidental death. Wow! And then so that was six hundred, and then there were other things that made it seven hundred and seventy work or something. Okay. Yeah. So wow. the divorce papers, the defense says, was just an ongoing fight betwixt them. He wasn't mad about it. They had always talked about divorce. It was like an ongoing thing. And he did want to try to make the marriage work, though. Now, his girlfriend that said that thing about the end of September, everything's going to be over, his defense says that was his way of trying to break up with her. (laughs) What? When he said, I'm just really stressed, but the stress will be over by the end of September, that was him subtly saying, because I won't be with you, because I'm breaking up with you. I'm wondering. And she didn't get it, and he was very bad at breaking up. Maybe that's also not exactly what he said. Right. It has been a long time, many years. Also, if they were in the process of divorcing, was that happening at the end of September? I mean, I thought that as well. That would be, if that was one of your stressors, then yes. But a divorce would have taken a long, lot longer than a few weeks. What bodes bad for him is that at this point, they do show us the divorce papers. And the reason for the split is listed as extreme cruelty. Did mm. you see that? That was the reason. That's bad. That's bad. So... The record keeper of a dating service who looks like a Colonel Sanders, his his long white hair and this fluffy thick mustache and his tie is totally like he's like a detective who's been working like 48 hours trying to solve a case. It's totally loose. You know, it's like halfway down his shirt. Yes. So he is a record keeper of a dating service. I didn't know that was a job because I guess it wasn't all online then. And she had joined this dating service. Jody had. She was dating other people, too. She had checked athletic and someone who likes the outdoors, which is kind of sad when you think about it. Yeah, it's true. So the defense uses this to say, see, they did have this open marriage. They were both dating other people. It wasn't this contentious thing where she thought he was cheating. So did she tell Marion that he was cheating because she didn't want Marion to know about the swinging? I had that question. Because she was embarrassed? I I don't know. I think there's a chance. Or was it she was moving on from the divorce and that's why she was dating other people, but she wasn't when they were married and she did not want him to be doing that and he was cheating? They definitely needed more witnesses in this area. Yeah. They needed more people to say, yes, they were in an open marriage. Mm-hmm. They needed other it, couples or something to come he forward. He was just abusive and said, we are doing an open marriage. And even though she didn't want to, that's what it was. It was a one-sided open marriage because of him. Really good point. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Also, I don't want to besmirch Marion, but does she seem a little uptight? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to tell. Her hairstyle makes me think I wouldn't tell her if I was a swinger. For 100%. Sure. Also, I don't know if swinger is the right term. They had an open marriage. I don't know if that's the right term or dismissive. Apologies if it is. It seems like 
open marriage, 50 or 60 women is hard to get to unless you're part of an organization. Right. Does yeah. that make sense? I think that's why yes. I jumped to swingers. Sorry if that's insulting. No, to I did too. It was not on purpose. You're right. To get that big of a head count. That's a lot of people. You, there are parties involved and a network. Correct. I would think. It feels like there's something going yeah. on. Yeah. So Stephen tells Dateline he was never abusive. Originally, the son, Jonathan, had told police that he was a good guy. Now, after the arrest, he tells them that he was abusive. The dad was abusive. And they say, well, he lied. He was just lying. And he says, yeah, he did lie to the police when he said he was a good guy. That that hmm. part was a lie, that it wasn't the abuse part that was a lie. This is hard. That's... Mm. it's. We really have very... We have a 10-year-old kid and we have Marion. And we don't have a lot of other witnesses that we are hearing about. But I think she was. I believe Marion, at least. And I think I believe the son, too. Sorry, I'm trying desperately to find the Colonel Sanders. <laughs> I don't think I saw him. He was very fast. Oh, he was? Oh, my. Did you find him? No, he's a professor. Who's had a long night grading papers. Couldn't he have tightened his tie up? I think he just did not want to wear a tie. <laughs> Someone made his wife made him. No, this looks like the defense attorney who seems a little bossy. <laughs> yeah. And runs a tight ship was like, you have to wear, wear a tie. You're going to wear this tie and you're going to wear my sport coat that's and in he's my like, car. Well, I'm not going to tighten the tie then. Right. He's As like, his oh, rebellion. He just looks super disheveled. But still yet, he does have a kept mustache and stuff. He's not like yeah. stubble and things. He also looks like he's some sort of hobbyist. I don't know what the hobby is. Yeah. Detectoring? Yeah, maybe. A de no, I don't No, I don't think he's a detectorist. I think he used to be in his heyday, but he he's a lot older now. Inventions. Yeah, he creates, yeah. Sorry, he, he's he creates wacky inventions like Willy Wonka. I'm so sorry. He also looks a startlingly a lot like Geppetto. Yes, he does look like Geppetto. <laughs> Is this Geppetto? That he makes Can you do a side-by-side side of him and Geppetto? He makes wooden boys. Absolutely. Okay. So <laughs> the defense says, Wow. Jonathan, the son, wanted the insurance money. And if Stephen went to jail, he would get the insurance money. So they're blaming it on this guy who was 10 at the time, not saying that he did the murder, although it sounds like they're about to do that. They're like, Jonathan, you want that money, right? You get that money if he goes to jail. It's really low to blame it all on this child who's now a grown up who lost his mom at 10. But it is very odd. So he gets, okay. Yeah. So he and they say this, it sounds like a spoiled kid. That no. Was a spoiled kid that just wants his money. No. So you're going to send your dad to jail? Did him and his dad have, did he and his dad have a good relationship at all? Was he at the wedding with Tina? Right. I don't know. Again, more information. All right. Yeah. So Stephen sits on Dateline with Chris and he cries and his voice is shaking. And he says, I did not kill Jody. I did not. He seems to me not bad. No, no contractions. He did. He like, he seemed no, fine. Mank says. Remember? Oh, he said I did not because oh, so you not. think he's well. It's really pretty plus more on Twitter who thinks that. That's her theory. And Mank agree. agrees. Mank did co-sign that. 
No um, contractions. Yeah, he doesn't use contractions, which does mean you're a killer. But I felt like it wasn't terrible. He's not the worst husband I've seen on Dateline. I think he might have done okay on the stand. And I was surprised they didn't put him on the stand because he seems he's emotional about it he's to emotional. this day. Yeah, I don't think it was that bad. I'm always suspicious and want to say they're faking, but he didn't seem that bad to me. So there's something that they're hiding that they're worried they're going to ask about. For sure. It could be the girlfriends. Mm -hmm. It could be that they might get him up there and ask all about Maybe this Maybe he gets flustered when he's lifestyle. asked tough questions mm -hmm. and Chris didn't ask tough questions. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe she, so. She does, I'm sure, on MSNBC. But mm -hmm. maybe they did one of those practice runs and she when they yelled at questions. him. She asked him if he killed his wife. Well, yeah. I mean, that's it's a tough. pretty basic one. But yeah, it's tough. So he had a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter with his new wife, Tina, and he was in jail for all of her life because before the trial, during the trial, he was in jail. Oh, my God. Um, so he didn't even get paroled? No. So I mean, or whatever. He didn't get bailed out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he decides not to take the stand. Dateline talked to some jurors, and they decide – this is very interesting. They yeah, decide Jody was drunk. And he knew it, that, that she was drunk. Why would he let her get so close to a cliff? So it's almost like they're saying even if he didn't kill her on purpose, he was complicit in her dying because he let his drunk wife sit at the edge of a cliff. Well, that's different than homicide. <laughs> it's different than homicide, for sure. That's um, away aside. Okay, I'm sorry. That's enough of that. So they deliberate for three days and they eventually find him guilty. And they said the key things were Marion saying that if something happens to me, Jody said if something happens to me, it was him. And the girlfriend, Terry, saying, well, it'll be less stressful at the end of September. And the whole timing of the divorce papers, it was just two weeks you know, I'm sure there were a lot of things. The life insurance only being filed a couple months before she died. There's lots of things. Does this sound like reasonable doubt? Does it seem like that first juror that came on, the the young woman? They were going to vote not guilty when they first started deliberating. So you have some reasonable doubt. Yeah. You have none now and were able to say he's guilty. After three days. Yeah. So he, mm. they find him guilty. I'm like 80-20 that he's guilty. But I don't know if I would say if it was a reasonable doubt or not. The police just did not do a good job. I need more photos. I need more scientists. I need angles of falls. I need to see if there's blood anywhere on the sides of the cliff. And would you have needed that as a juror? Yeah. Or would the circumstantial evidence be enough to convict I mean, him in your case? Horses, not zebras. He's probably a horse and guilty. But that doesn't mean I would do guilty on a trial. I'm do you not think they proved it? No. And especially not when you hear my theory at the end Ooh. of possibly what happened. I think he did it, but I don't know if they proved it. That's sort of where I'm at. Okay. So he gets life in prison. And then we do a Dateline fake out and we pan down and we see his orange prison pants, which is always exciting when they do a, yeah. date, a fake out. They used to do it a lot. Yeah. Not so much anymore. He thinks the jury, because they know we're onto it, and we're like analyzing everything in the background and the collar yeah. of his shirt, which is why my floating head idea, I still think, is a winner. It's terrible. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Mank never liked it either. So he thinks the jury was kind of judging him because of their swinging freestyle lifestyle, a free love lifestyle. And so he thinks that that 
tainted it. I don't think that that was it. No. I, I think, think that, that it didn't it. come off that that's what it was because it didn't come off like that to us. So I'm. it sounded like an excuse. So then more shocks, which shocking. And I was worried Dateline wasn't going to cover this because I had seen it when I Googled his name, and I, but oh. then Dateline covered it. In 2014, an appeals court overturned his guilty verdict. There we go. So they said that there was prejudicial testimony that the judge let in and hearsay. And I wonder if that's the what she said when she 100%. said she was scared of him because that sometimes does not get in. When that's hearsay. That's the... It's yeah. the definition of hearsay. She and, could literally just be making that up. Mm-hmm. So the judge let in this stuff and so they get it reversed. But then two years after that, so he thinks he's getting a new trial. But then right. two years later, the state Supreme Court reverses that ruling, reinstates his conviction. He stays in prison. Why? I don't know. Why does the state Supreme Court do that? I don't know. But I'm assuming he's out of appeals by now because it's 2023. Oh. So the rescuer, Chiafi, I think that Michael, he mm -hmm. says it still haunts him. And Marion is still bothered by the whole thing, but her hair remains unbothered. Unbothered completely. This episode, oh, and we got to hear your theory first. After we do our dedication. Okay. This episode is dedicated to Billie Jean, who is not my lover, although she sounds great. She's just a girl who listens to A Date with Dateline. And lives in New Jersey. So yes. have you ever been to this this cliff and can you do some investigatory work for us? Are you a physicist? Are you a physicist? And Emily B who lives in New York. So what I'm picturing is one of you stands in New York. The other one of you picture stands in New Jersey. One of you stands on the George Washington Bridge. Right. I think binoculars. you could meet at midnight at the George Washington Bridge mm -hmm. like Sleepless in Seattle. Sure. That's probably not safe. Probably. Or Sex in the City. I think they do it there too. Oh, okay. And become fast friends or just stare at each other through binoculars, you know, like at the top of the Empire State Building. Maybe one of you could stand. Do those top of the Empire State Building huge binocular things, do they look to New Jersey? Could you see New Jersey from there? Really good question. Then Billie only... Jean could stand in New Jersey and wave to Emily in New York. How does that help our investigation? I don't know, but they could hold up signs to each other like, hi, I'm Billy G. Hi. And they could just talk about the case maybe like, what percentage are With you at? giant 80, cards? 20? Yeah. Why don't you guys just swap phone numbers and then go down to these cliffs and be very careful. careful. Stand back. Don't wear wedges. See. Wear full yeah, leather no. outfits. And, or flip flops. Yeah. Full leather head to toe. <laughs> Will you that bring might be really hot? It's a June. hibachi. Please don't wear full leather. Can you bring a the... hibachi and kebabs? Regardless, thank you so much for we, supporting our podcast. We couldn't do this without you. We, we could really, not. We're really so grateful. Couldn't. And if you want to support our show, check out our Patreon and Supercast because that's what keeps the lights on and the mics on, and also supporting our the lights on and the mics on. Yeah. Who'd you take that from? No, not witty. Oh, that's good. Maybe subconsciously. Help us keep the mics on. That's good. I'm writing that down. I didn't think it was that good. Thank it you, is. ladies, so, so much. Thank you so much, Emily and Billie Jean. Yeah. Love it.
Okay, now can we hear your theory? Yeah, you can hear my theory. All right, here's what I think possibly could have happened. I don't know why the defense doesn't go into this or if it was disproven and maybe that's why. We need to think about the purse. So when you have a purse, it's either strapped across your body in a crossbody, right? Mm -hmm. It's over one arm like a long shoulder or you have it in your elbow. So, But not if you're sitting in toboggan style with your husband's arms wrapped around you. Correct. It would be sitting next to you maybe. Correct. I think the purse went off the edge and she went after it, not paying attention. I think the purse fell off the edge. She may have had it between her feet. And by instinct, she just misjudged because she did have a little above the limit alcohol limit. She just misjudged. And if it was dusk, maybe she didn't quite see where the actual edge was. And it's black rock. And she just went for it and went forward. That's good. Of course, if she did go head first, I don't know how that explains why there's no, why she wouldn't at least have hit that ledge and hit the rocks on the way down and left a blood trail. That I don't understand at all. And how she didn't, how she was 50 feet out and 30 feet north. Maybe there's something really dumb we're missing, but I don't think so because all of these doctors couldn't figure it out either. I would love to, how wide was the ledge? We don't yep. know the width of the ledge. Was right. the ledge like three feet? Was it kind of short? Right. So fine for the purse to fall, but her body just projected way for- more forward right. than that. Right. But then again, wouldn't that leave at least blood or hair or something? I don't know. What if she hit it with her foot and she's not in a wedge? What if she's in a boot or a sneaker and she hit it with just her foot and broke her foot going down? Mm-hmm. But they thought that that was in that final fall. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying, what if she didn't hit it with an exposed body part? How much blood would be there? Right. Instantly. But wouldn't she have hit other things on the way down? Or not if she's out? Not if it's a catapult. We if don't it's a know catapult, what's out. It would be one hit and then a catapult out to the tree. Right. So, but where were they saying the catapult was? It wasn't on that tiny ledge, right? Right. They don't know what that catapult spot is because they didn't take pictures of the cliff. Or at least we was yeah. there a branch or a tree that was like sprung? Was it like a full on trampoline park? But also, how dark was this that he watches her go forward, and he immediately goes to the edge for look to look for her and sees nothing. He doesn't see any part of her fall, right? Because he would know where her body kind of went to. You would think the general area. This is very odd. Yeah, I have a lot of questions, but I do. The purse theory is great. Yeah, because that I don't know why they don't talk about that. It doesn't make any sense because if the purse is, the purse is attached to her body, it could not have been attached to her body because right. otherwise we would have seen blood because she would have been holding the purse when the purse hit. Mm-hmm. Or if it was around her shoulders, it would probably still be on her or would have fallen way down. It or they could have said that if she was area. pushed, he could have pushed her off or thrown or whatever they think happened to get her body that far out and, and then he could have just knocked her purse her off purse to make he could have just like... kicked it with his foot so he yeah. didn't have to touch it he just kicked it that makes sense too so did anybody do any sort of examination on the purse if his fingerprints were on it, anything like that i don't know i just feel like we I should mean, have focused more on that the wouldn't purse. really prove anything because i'm sure his it's your husband his fingerprints are probably on your purse but it's weird that neither side used it Neither yeah. side like looked at this yeah. weirdness that the purse fell off. And also yeah. that she didn't leave her purse in the car. Yeah. 
That's weird, too. There must have been something she needed in it or she had a wine cooler in it or something. That's very bizarre. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. And again, we're not getting pictures of the purse or what kind of purse it was. Or, or the anything. cliff. We're yeah. literally never getting a full-on straight-up view from where she fell to where yeah. she was found, which would have been really helpful to just get one shot mm-hmm. of that, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let Very us know strange. what you think. I'm so curious to hear what people think. Mm-hmm. It's so sad regardless, but it is an interesting case. So. It is really sad. I wish for her sake that I was 100% that he did it. I'm right. just not. There's yeah. not. We don't have any evidence enough evidence to show. Yeah, although there is a lot of horses. There are a lot of horses, yeah. So B-roll Bonanza. Yes. There is this photo of them, like him nestling his head in her bosom, and they look so happy, just a happy 70s, 80s couple. There's a lot of shots of him in a football jersey. This is kind of fashion police, but the USC shirt. that is Yeah, that's the crop top. It's a full-on belly shirt. Is it supposed to be? I didn't think he was a bad-looking dude no. in the 70s. No. I don't know. No, he wasn't. I don't love a belly shirt, but... It's the 70s. Yeah, I know. I bet my, there's a photo of my dad somewhere with one, probably. Marion is reading this thick hardcover book what outside. Is it? I don't know what... Is it about bouffants? What Maybe. Is, what, Maybe. Is it like but thick? It's like a textbook about bouffants. Emily Post, The Manners Book. <gasps> yes. Totally. Mm-hmm. Marion, I hope you're around and doing great. Anything else? I probably missed a lot. There's just so much footage of the cliffs. But not the right footage. But not the right footage. We're getting sort of silhouetted repellers repelling down yeah. the mountain. Uh-huh. I don't know. But not Michael, I don't think. It's just guys repelling. Yeah. We get a wine bottle at one point superimposed over the woods, which we don't get much anymore. It was just a wine bottle. And then the woods mm. sort of bleeding into it mm. together. Dramatic. Uh, we get detective lineman driving. And then we get Detective Siri looking at files in his office a bunch. And then we also get shaky searching footage for the whole first part. Yes, handheld so searching. Handheld shaky. Blair Witch footage. Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else? Fashion Police? The Turquoise Polo by Detective Lineman. Is he retired? I think so. Okay. Were they all in it I together? Hope so. <laughs> Were they all getting their stories straight, them in a circle? I mean, it is weird that they are all being interviewed by Chris together. That's not usually what happens. No, they all have individuals, don't they? Or are they all together the No, they're the whole all time? sitting next to each other. Oh, so the camera's just zooming in yes. on them. Indiv- uh-huh, because then sometimes well, they'll do a wide shot and the three of them are sitting next to each other. That gives me pause. I don't yeah. know. Okay, I don't know about yeah. that. Interesting. Conspiracy? And then, mm-hmm. And then the Civil War reenactment was the big B-roll. Yeah, love it. Yeah. They're all, it's just kind of, it's like in between scenes. So the grays and the blues are just hanging out together. Oh, did you want to know really quick what Michael, Dr. Baden's big cases Bodden. were? I looked, yeah, yeah, Baden, what his cases were. Hold on. I think you'll be surprised. Phil Spector was one. OJ mm. Simpson is a big one. And he was a lot about the actual body, mm. Nicole's body. Mm. And Ron Goldman's. So I think that's his specialty. Forensics on the human, Mm -hmm. right? Which makes sense. Crime scene forensics. Mm -hmm. And then it says whatever whatever thing that he said in the OJ case, he later retracted. Oh, that's interesting. 
Yeah, I think that's what they're saying. Constantly being discredited for allegedly being a rented expert who sold himself to Simpson and deliberately gave misleading testimony in order to collect a $165,000 retainer. That's what Wikipedia is saying. That's what they say about Henry Lee, and that's what they say about Cyril and Werner. Oh, yeah. I mean, they all they say that about all of those big guys, that they can be bought. I really want to compare really quick, just really quick to Cyril Wecht and see what his huge cases are. Okay, here we go. Cyril Wecht is 92 years old. That's crazy. My goodness. Good for okay. him. Court cases in popular media. Are you serious? You're not going to tell us what the cases were? You're not going to break him down? What? Why? Oh, yeah. oh my goodness, so many. Uh, Wecht became famous for appearing on television and consulting on deaths of Robert Kennedy, Sharon Tate, oh my goodness, mm. John F. Kennedy, mm. Elvis Presley, Kurt Cobain, John Bonet, Lacey Peterson, Anna Nicole Smith. Wow, okay, so a lot. The Branch Davidians, oh my goodness. These are wow. big guys. Lots of cases. Okay. Interesting. It's weird how OJ kind of did that to a bunch of those guys, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. It became them into, turned them into these celebrities. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you have? Titles. Oh, I thought we weren't doing titles. I can give you a couple really quick. Homicidal tendencies. <laughs> you love it. That's it. Okay. I thought stress relief might be a good title because he was saying he was not going to be stressed at the end of the end of oh, September mm-hmm. or whatever, even mm-hmm. though we don't know. Oh, open marriage, closed case. Okay. Love it. Love and then, it. Love it. Hey, Siri, did Stephen do it? Because <laughs> that detective's last name that's was gonna Siri. S- that's going to set off a lot of people's phones. No, because it has to be your own voice, doesn't it? I don't know. I have a droid. That was a good episode. This is, oh boy. I know I've been wanting to do this one for a long time, and I'm really excited to hear what all of y'all think. Yes, listeners, let us us know know. what you think. Do you think the purse theory is any good, or are you firmly that he did it, or firmly that he didn't do it? Let us know, and be your own button. Be your own expert. Yeah. Be your own best book cover. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Stay fresh, cheese bags. By the way, you keep sending me that meme, and I, that's where I stole it from, guys. I didn't come up with that. Oh, boy. Go back to the first time I said it. I gave the meme credit. You did several times, actually. Thank you. People keep sending it to me going, they stole this from you. Wow. They get all amped, and I love it. They're getting why all defensive of me, and I'm why like- Why don't we I'm, just say that you wrote it? I could, but I'm trying to be honest, you know. She did it. It was hers. She's <laughs> Bye, a genius. Bye, everybody. TM. I don't know much about the grassy knoll and the second shooter. Most of it I know from Seinfeld, to be perfectly honest. Well, but this and is kind of great because you're a newbie yeah, going a newbie. in. So you'll have yeah. fresh eyes, kind of like me with D.B. Cooper. You I might think solve. I watched that movie JFK, maybe. You I'm might sure. solve JFK. Yeah. There we go. Could I? You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Someone might kill me though first. I think it might go deep. You they need think to get I'm your van and then start doing it so you can be on the move. Yeah, I think you're right. We also need to give you a wig. I'll do a wig. Sure. Dream come true. Can I get Marion's wig? Because that's what I want. It's not a wig though. That's her hair. I know, but I can't do that with my hair. Yeah, we could get you that wig. All right. And then do you notice at the end, sometimes Lester says, that's all for now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Seems such a strange way to end 
the show. Like, we'll give you more murder next week. I think he says but that every time. For now. I don't know if he always says it or if I only sometimes notice it. It's like the moan that's at the beginning. It sometimes just fades into the background and you don't notice the moan, but then sometimes you notice the sexy moan. I think you need to keep track of where you are in your own head uh, right. and then see it. Do you hear Lester say it? Do you not? Right. Do you hear the moan? Do you not? And see what's up with that. And let's track the moon cycles as well. I'm wondering if it's like when it's a full moon, you always hear the moan. <laughs> that <laughs> makes sense. Wolf. When it's a new moon. Yeah. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a wolf thing. Uh-huh. You hear Lester. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that be. makes sense. Could be. Uh, 